Hello again. This week we're concentrating on recommencing the 18th of January. Uh, but rather than just looking at best new shows, we've each chosen a programme that we're currently watching, that we like, um, a programme that we're looking forward to that's coming up in the coming week, and also a film that's on this week that we that we are a fan of. So yep. that we can be enthusiastic and try and enthuse you guys as well. Absolutely. We'll try. Well, <laughs> this, this is not convinced that this is possible. But I don't anyway. do enthusiasm. <laughs> but we're giving it a go anyway. So I'm going to get the ball rolling um, and start with the trial of Christine Keeler, which is on Sunday the 19th on BBC One at 9pm. This is actually the penultimate episode of the series. Yeah. So if you haven't been watching it so far, I do recommend that you catch it on the iPlayer. Yeah. Um, and if you've seen this, the film Scandal... And you, or you know anything about sort of 1960s British history, then you'll probably be already aware of this story in that Christine Keeler was the model and sort of good time girl whose uh, antics with John Profumo, who was an MP and the war minister at the time, brought down the government. Yeah. Or, you know, helped it on its way, shall <laughs> we say. Um, but this is obviously because this is... By the time it's finished, it'll be on for six hours. It's yeah. obviously a rather more in-depth look at the story than, than Scandal was. Mm. Um, we're up to the point now where Stephen Ward, who by trade is an osteopath and a portrait artist, he's the guy who's kind of been introducing Christine and her friend Mandy Rice Davis to guys in power. Yeah. They're sort of his society friends. But... Um, in the previous episode, we saw that the police and MI5 were very keen on, on prosecuting him for um, uh, what was the immoral earnings. Immoral earnings, that's one, thanks, Raj. So this time, he's actually going to be on trial at the Old Bailey, um, and he thinks his friends in high places are going to support him and, and get him off this charge. Yeah. But I think he's in for a rude awakening. Well, that's the, that's if the you end. know the story, you'll know you're in for That's the end of the episode of the series. The West are massively keen on it, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I think it's been really good. Uh, Sophie Cookson plays Keeler, and actually, I don't know whether it's just because kind of looks change, but she seems even more beautiful than Christine Keeler. Oh, yeah, Keeler. absolutely. She's phenomenal. Um, and, uh, yeah. she's, a, she's a star in the making, I think. I, I'm not aware that I've seen her in anything else before this. Mm. Um, ben Miles has been very good as Perfumo, <coughs> excuse me. Amelia Fox plays his wife, who was the actress for Larry Hobson. And James Norton is the other sort of big main star, and he plays Ward. Yeah. He's, he's been very effective, really. In fact, I, I watched it all the way through on uh, last Sunday's uh, estimate to how good it is, really, because uh, there's nothing worse than, you know, 10 minutes in thinking, I can't be bothered with anything. <laughs> and I, I'd, I'd seen the scandal 30 years ago and haven't seen it since. Um, yeah, I'm in a very similar position. Yeah. I don't think, I think when I watched it, I didn't know Ian McKellen was, yeah. which seems incredible that there was a time when I didn't know when well, Ian McKellen was. And more time has passed between the uh, scandal of the film and uh, this uh, dramatisation of the uh, Profumo affair than passed between scandal and the actual affair itself. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So... There's obviously a whole generation of uh, folks that have no idea about it. Mm. It's, uh, it's a really interesting story. It is. It's fascinating. So even though you know I've got a really good idea of how it how it's all going to pan out, I'm still mm. looking forward to seeing how it ends yeah. Yeah. and where it ends because you know Keeler's case carried on. Yeah. You know, what what does he is he going to 
tell us what happened to her after all this died down. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of hope it does because I don't know very much about her beyond this actual story. Yeah. It may just be that thing where they have like title card at the yeah, end saying yeah. following yeah. this. Such and such I think the BBC are planning a documentary though after the final episode. All right. I think that will mm. appear on BBC too. Do you know when they did the uh, a very English scandal? Mm. Yeah. After the final episode of that they had a documentary about the, the, right. the real event. So I think it's doing a similar kind of thing with this. Yeah. That's quite good. But it is, it is outstanding and now I need to uh, backtrack and watch the first few episodes. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. I highly recommend. So that's the trial of Christine Keeler on Sunday the 19th on BBC One at 9pm or on the iPlayer if White Lodge you're going to play catch up. Yeah. Okay, so the new programme, or there's two new programmes actually starting on Sky this week that I'm looking forward to. The first is one that I know all three of us are enthusiastic about and that's Portrait Artist of the Year. Absolutely, yeah. That's starting on, thir- on Tuesday the 21st on Sky Arts at 8pm. John Bakewell and Stephen Mangan are back as the presenters. Good. Um, so this is the first round of the competition. So more artists, they're both um, amateur and professional artists. If you're a regular viewer, you'll know that they mix them up and, mm. you know, they don't, they don't judge people on their standing within the art community. No. It, it is genuinely based on skill. Yeah. Um, and they'll be painting Asa Butterfield, Mickey Flanagan and Angie Mahindra. Angela, Angela Mahindra, I can't right. even say it. But anyway, <laughs> those three people, those three celebrities. Yeah, I assume it's the same format as well, isn't it? Yeah, they have like a, obviously three celebrities and then it's three artists each trying to paint the portrait of that yeah. uh, person in four hours, isn't four it? Four hours. Mm. And then one of them goes through to the next round. And yeah. That, that mm. last series was marvellous. It was one of my favourite shows of the entire year. It's really good, isn't yeah, it? Really good. Yeah. And it's a weird thing because it, although it was on Sky and I could have watched it any time, I really got used to watching it on the Channel 4 on a Saturday. Oh, uh, yes, I remember yeah, that, actually. Yeah, they're very yeah. unusual. It was a f- strange one, really, because... You know, even though it's on tap, I'd rather wait for that sort of uh, schedule mm. uh, on terrestrial. So there you go. And it's one of my mum's favourite shows as well. So it's it's a nice testament, really. Looking back at it, it was just such a great show. I was really jealous of a lot of the artists. Yeah, they have some really yeah. talented people on there, don't they? Whether yeah. it be professional or amateur. Yeah, yeah. Getting, mm. getting to paint the likes of Jodie Comer. Cool mm. Jodie Comer. Wow. Well, talk he's about, just talk about winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Gene McKee was the one that came out of that, but uh, yeah, fantastic. I think they were both on, weren't they? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I was quite surprised it was starting so soon, because uh, yeah. Landscape Artist of the Year finished quite late last year, didn't it? But mm. I think that was actually on later than normal last year, possibly, right. to do mm. with uh, Kate Bryan having her um, baby. Oh, yeah, she has, hasn't she? Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm not as keen on the landscape one. I can't really get into that. Oh, really? I, I love them both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I much prefer portraits. Yeah, so, Yeah, very excited about that. It's just a really nice show to watch as well, isn't it? It is. It's generally mm. relaxing. Um, okay, so some of them get a bit stressed out at times. Yeah. But, you know, generally speaking, it's just it's just it's, pleasant. It's, and, and watching the process of how they actually go through it is always quite... It's yeah. always in the edit as well, isn't it? Mm. Obviously, they need to add a certain amount of tension to it. Otherwise, it'd be just very kind of by the by. But, uh, you know, it's very clever the way it's all done. Yeah, Stephen Mangan as well. I find him hilarious. Yeah, he is. Frank Skinner was great. Oh yeah, I was a bit worried when Frank Skinner left. Yeah, me too. I wasn't going to like it as much. But actually, yeah, he's just as good. Yeah. Sounds a bit like a brush to canvas. Really. That's Portrait Artist of the Year. That starts again on Tuesday the twenty-first on Sky Arts at eight pm. And the other Sky show I'm looking forward to is Avenue Five, which is on Wednesday the twenty-second on Sky One at ten pm. This is a new sitcom, it's the latest project from Armando Iannucci, 
This looks a lot less sweary than those two things, though, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 So this, anyway, is a sci-fi comedy, which is a little bit of a departure for him, I think, this time. Um, it's on board a, a malfunctioning luxury space cruise ship. Um, but what's really appealing for me is that Hugh Laurie is the captain. Mm. Um, and I love Hugh Laurie yeah. with all my heart. <laughs> <laughs> all of it? All of it. Every single last bit of but, it. Apart that, from the bit that's... For Clint Eastwood. I was just going to ask, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I think this looks really promising. Uh, I'm hoping that he can, that Yanucci can pull it off anyway. I mean, yeah. he, he usually does. He doesn't usually... Himself into things, mm. I can't think of a bad show that he's done exactly. No, which is interesting because I saw adverts for this and thought, mm, sci fi comedy, no, no, that looks a bit rubbish. But then you just said Amanda Yanucci, yeah, that's me. I think that yeah. might be quite interesting. It, it, it can either become the next hype drive, which nobody remembers apart from me, mm-hmm. which was Miranda Fro- one of Miranda Frost's first shows and sort of managed without a trace. Yeah, that's first up. Or it could be Red Dwarf. And I, mean, I think it'll be more towards Red Dwarf. Which I think is yeah. terrific. Uh, and this, so. is, this is what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Anyway. yeah, see, normally sci-fi and comedy I don't like together as a combination. I'm not a fan of Red Dwarf. Really? Mm. Okay. So Galaxy Quest, I've never sat through that. You either. don't like oh, Galaxy no, Quest? Sci-fi and comedy, I don't oh, like it together. Well, Galaxy Quest is marvellous. Sci-fi Galaxy should be great. serious and stuff, and not, not funny. Right, <laughs> <laughs> well, we might have to, uh, <laughs> have to differ on that. Yeah, <laughs> So anyway, that's Avenue 5, that's on Wednesday the 22nd on Sky 1 at 10pm. And last but by no means least, it's the, my favourite film of the week anyway, which is on Talking Pictures, hooray! <laughs> it's on Monday at 10pm and it's Hell Drivers, which is a really interesting sort of low-budget British crime drama from the fif- late 50s. Um, it's, it's got a good storyline, it's about an ex-convict and he, he finds work with a haulage firm, little realising that rather unscrupulous bunch who literally uh, cut corners um, to try and make as much profit as possible. Yeah. It's Stanley Baker who, who takes the lead role, who I'm a big fan of Stanley Baker actually, but it's the supporting cast that's really interesting for me because it's got, it, they're all stars or they're all future stars. Yeah. You've got Patrick McGowan, William Hartnell, Sean Connery, David McCallum, Sid James, Herbert Long and Jill Ireland are all in it. I mean, you know, five years later, you would, there's no way that you would be able to assemble that cast. It is a magnificent film. Because for a start, Patrick McGowan by that time was the highest paid TV actor in Britain, thanks to Danger Man. Yeah. William Hartnell was Doctor Who and Sean Connery was James Bond. Mm. So, you know, that's, it's just bonkers having that cast together. Really. Yeah, it, it's an incredible film. I love it to bits. And I love it all the more since uh, hearing there's a Smirsh pod, which is really popular. Uh, John Raynor, I think it was Samira Ahmed, did a, like an hour-long assessment of it, and it was essentially her baby. She kind of really went to town on why it's so good. Mm. All these guys on sort of zero hours contracts, and I think it's the sort of late fifties, early sixties. Uh, but it, you know, it really stands up. It's a good, solid old British film. I think Cyan Field was great, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. And uh, you know, the cutting on it is incredible. It's really tight and edgy and edge of the seat stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a beautifully put together piece of work, so uh, I know you've never seen it, Chris. No. I can tell by, you, by the look in your eyes. Never heard of it. <laughs> so give it a look, because it's, it's well worth it. Yeah, excellent. So that's Hell Drivers, that's on Monday the 20th on Talking Pictures at 10pm. 
So, Roger, your turn. What are, you, what are you pumping for this week? Well, there's, uh, there's a few bits and bobs that are coming up. Um, Picard I'm really looking forward to, which is the, uh, the new Star Trek uh, spin-off that's on Amazon Prime on from Friday the 24th. Ten parts, uh, each part drops each week, so you, you're not going to necessarily binge it, mm. unless you obviously hang on to the end. Um, now, I, I was a big fan of Star Trek The Next Generation over the course of a few years, because uh, it used to be on BBC Two, sort of every sort of Wednesday night at six o'clock, so you get used to sort of getting in from work and putting on the telly and Star Trek Next Gen's on. Picard himself was such an interesting character, and when they did the inevitable spin-off films, or they took over the, the baton, if you like, from the, uh, the original Star Trek crew. Um, it was, Patrick Stewart gave such a, a solid performance, and it was so touching when they sort of passed the baton in the film, Generations, that it was inevitable they were going to end it at some point, but you thought, oh, it's going to one day, it's going to end on a, a massive big bang, mm. and just end on a whimper which was Nemesis in 2002. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was one of those things where you go, they need to do something else, just anything. <laughs> mm. Because they basically squandered this amazing setup. And it, was just, it just petered out. And, it, and then it was through the failure of uh, Nemesis that uh, the Star Trek franchise, I think, got hung up for about seven years. Yeah, well, I think uh, the film before it was all Insurrection didn't really do it any favours because that was yeah. terrible, wasn't it? it, it it was such a shame because mm. you know, from first contact after that, it yeah, just, it just went downhill. So yeah. thankfully for me, at least, you know, JJ Abrams rebooted the saga in two thousand nine. But um, you know, Picard is it's it's a story that needed to be answered. What happened mm. after um, after Nemesis? What happened to Data? What happened to the rest of the crew? And uh, thankfully, we finally find out. You know, I've been more keen on this than I was Star Trek Discovery, which has been living on uh, Netflix, and I think it's on Raw Four now or yeah, E Four is it? One or two? Well, yes. So yeah, this is going to be well worth a look. And I know that um, you know people like Marine Sirtis uh, are coming back as well. Mm -hmm. So Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes. So I think he's directing as well. In fact, I'm pretty sure he is. Two takes Frakes is his name. Oh yeah, because he's so efficient and. Yeah, so, you know, if you're a massive Star Trek fan, obviously it's a given you're going to want to watch this. But even if you're not, uh, Patrick Stewart alone is worth watching it for. He's, he's just uh, unique, isn't he, really? Mm. And uh, he's probably pushing 80 now, I think. I would have thought so. Surprise mm. to McCallum, I think. And I know McCallum just recently turned 80. So uh, I think this is the one to watch for the year. And I know it's still early days, but, um, you know, Amazon Prime is, is the one to look out for. I think um, what, what does look interesting about it is it's quite a sort of melancholic yeah. mm. programme. It's not going to be all, you know, dashing about the universe. Well, no, because I think, it, isn't it like set on his vineyard in France or something yeah. after yeah. his retirement? He's got a really good dog in it as well. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of throwback as well, because when the, the actual Next Gen series finished, I think it was in 94, there was a really touching two-part episode called All Good Things when... Uh, character who's probably the same age now as he was then if you mm. like without the, the uh, benefits of uh, makeup he um, had some, some sort of Alzheimer's disease in that episode it was kind of a spin on the Alzheimer's but that was super touching so a lot of the hardcore fans will be watching to see how it sort of compares to that episode yeah so yeah it's I think there'll be a lot of melancholy in there as well but 
Yeah, definitely the one to watch out for. Well, I was a big fan of Star Trek The Next Generation, and uh, funnily enough, I have recently bought all of that entire series oh, on really? Blu-ray, you know, the remastered no, editions, and it looks absolutely fantastic, because yeah. I went back to the original negatives rather than just trying to upgrade, you no. know, what was put on TV. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Right. Um, but rather annoyingly, just as I bought that, I realised that sci-fi had started showing it from the very beginning as well. <laughs> So, but, but presumably they, they've got adverts and you can watch it. Oh, they do, yeah. So, but they've still got the remastered editions right. on there. So, but at the moment, sci-fi is showing every episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, yeah. Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. You're getting like two episodes of each program every right. night. So, if right. you really want to delve into Trek, then you can also so, look at sci-fi. As well. And talking of Voyager, I think uh, Seven and Nine's in. Yeah, she's in the new Picard show. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So that'll mm. be interesting. Yeah. because yeah, obviously Picard's character, it was. Um, Simulated by the book, wasn't he? That was quite yeah. a big thing in the next right. generation. So we could geek out on this all day. Yeah, we could have mm. done a Picard special. Yeah. We could have done. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So uh, definitely give that a look. I, I would also um, give you one to a swerve in terms of films as well, because Assassin, Assassin's Creed is on, uh, and this is dreadful. One of the worst. <laughs> it's on Channel Four at nine o'clock now. For some reason, Channel Sat- Four Saturday night. Saturday night on the eighteenth. Uh, for some reason, Channel 4 is kind of excelling themselves and showing bad fantasy films <laughs> in that time slot because uh, after Alien Covenant, which I uh, told you to swerve the other day, uh, along comes another dreadful film with Michael Fassbender. If you ever played the game, which is a lot of fun, um, then this is possibly the, the opposite of that, really. Mm. It's, it's the anti-fun. Um, it's just so tedious. Uh, I remember watching it, I think it was around about the same time. Um, it might have been a double bill with uh, Fantastic Beasts, or it was certainly within a couple of days of watching Fantastic Beasts, which are two of the most boring films I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, uh, you know, without further ado, just avoid like plague. Yeah, the weird thing about Assassin's Creed, though, because it's by the same, uh, same director who did Macbeth, yeah. which also had Fassbender and Marion Cotillard, they yeah, were yeah. both in this, and that Macbeth was fantastic. Yeah, I don't know if you, either, if you saw that, but I absolutely love that. Yeah. And, but then, yeah, I've not seen Assassin's Creed, but I have heard that it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll be praying for the adverts, because uh, <laughs> I, 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 I actually sat through the whole thing, and my goodness, my eyes felt so droopy. I mean, if you are suffering from insomnia, feel free to you know, watch <laughs> that one. You'll be out like a light. I'd obviously to balance that out because I'd hate you to think there's nothing worth watching on Saturday night. Uh, Birdman, which is uh, one of Michael Keaton's yeah, best performances. Yeah, now you're talking, yeah. It's tremendous. Um, just so well put together. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, apart from the fact he's so great in it, the supporting cast is outstanding. People like Emma Stone and I think Andrew, Andrew Ryburn, mm-hmm. uh, who's terrific and not in it that much. And Zach Galifianakis, Galifianakis is it? <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. The unpronounceable yeah. Zach from um, <laughs> those assorted shows like, uh, is it Two, Two Furs or something on Netflix? That yeah, yeah, yeah. Done mm. as a film, and obviously The Hangover. Uh, he's great in it as well, a good, solid, dramatic actor. Edward Norton. Edward Norton, yeah, I'm pretty sure he got Oscar nominated for me. Um, so, yeah, there's so many uh, high points in that film. Not least the fact that it seems to be done in a lot of the scenes seem to be done in one take shots and then mm. not. But you know, just bear with it. It's, it's, it goes on a bit, but it, it's so worth it. It's um, so unusual. I think that's really the selling point. There's not, there's nothing else mm. like it. I was going to say you can't pigeonhole it, but you know, no pun intended there. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is really a really very. So isn't it Michael point. Keaton playing like a, a faded actor who yeah. was previously in the superhero movie? Yeah, yeah so, which is but in no way based on his own. No, no, not at all. No. <laughs> he plays, uh, plays a guy called Rick and Thompson, who's this kind of uh, faded actor that's trying to get this Raymond Carter uh, um, play on Broadway, I think it is. 
Mm. And he's, he's juggling so many things at once, and there's all these things going, all these fireworks going off in his personal life. Um, but, uh, you know, what a tour de force that is. And off the back of that, I'm pretty sure he won Vulture in Spider Man, mm. which is one of my favourite films of recent years. Um, but yeah, it really tips over beautifully. So uh, give that a look. That's on uh, Beauty 2 on uh, Saturday night as well. While you're staggering from the wreckage of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give a quick shout out to uh, The Office. If you've not seen the American version of The Office, Miles and Prime, I've binged the entire run, eight, eight or nine series over the last three weeks, and it is some of the best American TV I've ever seen. A big bit of a shout out for that. I know it's way after the event, because everyone's seen it already or not. If you've not seen it and you fancy you know, losing a few weeks of your life, then that's well worth it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because I, I don't know what's going to happen with it as well, because in America it's shown on Netflix, but it's been taken off there to be put on a different streaming service, isn't it? So I don't know oh, whether yeah. something's going to happen over here, just as all the different companies are diverging and going down their own routes. Yeah, so God knows whether it's going to disappear and end up somewhere no one can see it. There's going to be a massive sea change in the next few months, especially when mm. Disney Plus kicks in. Um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Mm. Yeah, I was in tears the other day, and I'm not saying it, when one of the final episodes comes in season seven. And it, you'll, see, you'll see what I mean when you see it. But uh, Steve Carell can do no wrong in my life. Over to me. Okay. Uh, well, I suppose the new thing to look out for, this is something I've not seen advertised and I just came across it in the listings. It's on BBC Two on Tuesday the 21st at 9 o'clock, at 9pm that is, and it's Chris Packham, 7.7 billion people and counting. Yeah. Um, so, because obviously in the news at the moment, the fact that Australia is on fire yeah. and um, there's been all sorts of in- environmental disasters going on over the last couple of years or so. And this programme, it, it looks as though it's going to be looking at the possible impact of what's going to happen in the decades to come, because obviously there are currently 7.7 billion people in the world, and they suspect there's going to be 10 billion of us by the year 2050. Mm-hmm. Um, so and from the blurb, I said that he considers the steps that will need to be taken for Earth's natural resources to support so many people. Visiting a city in Brazil that is on the verge of running out of water and a community school in Nigeria that may pre- present a possible solution. So as well as looking at the potential catastrophes that are going to be inflicted upon us all over the next few decades, also a little bit of hope in then what are the potential wow. solutions so but um yeah because it is quite in vogue at the moment obviously it came into the latest general election you know people saying like oh we're going to be much more environmental yeah, yeah. probably not so it is definitely something lots more people are taking interest in and yeah, it's, so. it's becoming more and more important yeah. so um, as luck would have it i did recently buy a book as well which i'm yet to start reading called the uninhabitable earth by david wallace Wells, which is going to look at all the potential global catastrophes that are going to come our way because of overpopulation and mm. over-industrialisation right. and all that type of thing. So I think this will actually be really interesting and really timely as well. And Chris Packham's always really good at stuff, isn't he? Yeah, so. he did a programme about pump girls on BBC4 uh, last week and that was really good. So yeah. His personal thoughts about because his pump was really important to him growing yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's branched, branched out a little bit with mm. that. But yeah, that sounds really interesting, especially because he's not just looking at, oh no, it's going to be a complete disaster. He's looking at ways that you know, we might be able to get around things, yeah. or, you know, cold yeah. a bit or whatever. And I think the fact that everybody just takes fresh running tap water for granted, yeah. and yeah. the fact that um, there is definitely going to be a shortness. Um, have either of you seen The Big Short? Yes, um, which is fantastic. Yeah, so because there's a very bit at the end, you know, like I was mentioned in the sometimes put title mm-hmm. card up just to say what happened next after like the film or the TV series finishes. And Christian Bale's character in that, the guy who made an absolute killing from seeing what was going to happen with subprime mortgages way in advance of everyone else. Yeah. Apparently, after he made an absolute fortune from that, the next thing he looked at was investing in water supplies. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so he obviously sees something coming. I think I have read something somewhere that lots of major companies 
and even countries are arguing over different water supplies and who owns the rights to them and who can actually take water from them and stuff. Right. So I think it is going to be quite a serious thing over the next few decades. And as a sidebar to that, if you've not seen Vice, I recommend that. It's the same team that did The Big Short. All right. So that's well worth a look as well. Mm. Um, the main thing I'm watching at the moment, and it is pretty much the only thing other than sport, is um, Sunday nights on Channel 4 at 9pm, SAS Who Dares Wins. Are either of you two familiar no. with that? No, not seen a single second. Of All right, okay. So, well, it's a very basic premise. So I think it's on about Series 5 or 6 now, and what we do, it's a bunch of former SAS soldiers led by Ant Middleton, who you'll know that's seen yeah. on TV mm. here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Um, they just get 25 regular punters, um, and it's a mixture of men and women these days as well, and they put them through like a, a truncated selection course for SAS. So it's just like if the three of us turned up there with 22 other strangers kind of thing and then they put us through the training course. So it's well, that would be hilarious. It would, wouldn't it? put us through to the Yes, exactly. I think yeah. people would actually watch that. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> and um, they do actually treat them as though they are there to join the SAS, so they have to go through absolutely everything and they put them through all sorts of stuff, not just physical but mental as well. And it's all about, you know, as well as being a strong individual, physically and mentally, you've also got to work well with teammates and everything because mm-hmm. if you were to join the SAS and go out to war obviously you need to be able to work as part of a team unit as well. Sure, yeah. So and over the years I've done it in different settings like um, I think the very first series which I missed they did in the Brecon Beacons in Wales which is oh, where right. the SAS selection process takes place and then each year they've gone somewhere else so I think year two they went to the jungle in South America because obviously completely different climate and different methods of getting through everything uh, then the year after that they went to the desert in Africa okay. um, and then I think last year they went somewhere where it was really snowy Right. I think in, um, in right. South America, right. think, right. possibly. No, but this year they're up in north of Scotland. Right. So and it's really wild and wet and horrible yeah, and yeah. windy and stuff, and it's just really fascinating as well. People from all different walks of life, different shapes and sizes, men and women, different ages and everything, and it's really interesting because the people who you think would be really strong and mm. most able to contend with these things usually end up crumbling. Yeah. And then it's the tiny little people who are like forty years old and, yeah. you know. Like stringy little noodle legs and stuff, and because they're such, they've got such strength of character yeah. and everything. A lot of it is a mental battle. Exactly, yeah. So then they end up coming through the course, but they subject them to all sorts of stuff. Like you know, they have to go and sit in a lake for fifteen minutes, which is freezing cold water, then scramble up a hill, and then put like some fifteen stone man on their back and carry him up a hill, and they do all sorts of stuff. But then later on, they'll try and make them crack mentally, where they like blindfold them and subject them to. Um, like white noise, like baby screaming, and they put their bodies in stress situations, right. and then try and interrogate them, and you know, ask them all sorts of things about their personal lives, and trying to get details out of them. It's I, just I, really fascinating. I think they just bypass all that and get them to watch uh, The Masked Singer on ITV. <laughs> <laughs> or Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so this Sunday on the nineteenth, it will be episode three of six, but I think the other two are available on all four as well. Yeah, yeah. And just as a side note, they do actually do a podcast for this now as well. Oh, so after every episode, they actually hear um, Andrea McLean, who did a celebrity version of it, she hosts it and oh, speaks to like oh, different right. SAS members who are part of the team, uh, like the Doctor, other people who know about these sorts of things as well. So it's like break down what's happening mm-hmm. in each episode, That's which is really good. So, and my final shout out, and this is the reason why I don't watch half of the things that <laughs> we recommend, such as last week you said, Oh, why don't you watch Play Missy for me Sunday night at nine o'clock? And I said, Ah, but it clashes with <laughs> the NFL. So this weekend on the Sunday, um, this will be on Sky Sports Action and Main Event from 7.30pm, probably through till about 3am. It's uh, the NFL Championship matches, so effectively it's the semi-final. So the two winners of this Sunday's two games will go through to the Super Bowl in two weeks' time. And it's the playoffs this year have been absolutely incredible. I know neither of you two are interested in American football, but... No, but the fact you are, it, it fills my heart with joy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, because last weekend, one of the matches, it was like a history-defining game where like one team went 24-0 up in the first quarter, and then by the end of the second quarter, they were losing 27-24. 
Then I think the game finished like 51-31. It was the most points that had ever been scored in the right. playoff game. It was the biggest comeback ever in the playoff game. And it was just absolutely bonkers. Right. So, and that team obviously progressed. So they'll feature in the first game. So from 7.30pm, you'll be able to watch Kansas City Chiefs versus Tennessee Titans in the AFC Championship game. And from 11pm, although I think it probably kicks off at 11.40, it'll be the San Francisco 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game. That sounds stunning, Chris. Yeah, I think you should tune in. So, yeah, forget about all your rubbish films that you don't want to watch, and you should tune in and watch loads of hurly burly men clattering each other for about six I, hours. I should be in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I might watch it just so I can understand some of the comedy gags on uh, The Office US, because there's a lot of NFL type uh, talk on that show. Is Terry Crews part of The Office US? No, I think you're probably thinking of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, yes, I think he no, that's it. But anyway, mm. yeah, wonderful. Yeah, so yeah. check that out or don't. Yeah, but that's what I'll be watching anyway. So that's our choices for this week. We hope you enjoyed that slightly rigid format. You have been listening to Sarah Morgan. Chris Daniel. And Roger Crowe. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.